Hello, I'm Felicia Vereen, always known as Fee. Hey, Fee, and I'm your girl, Sharita Three, better known as Red. And, and we, we are Inspire Her, the Total Woman Podcast, a new podcast all about uplifting you. Yes. Because, friends, face it, you are awesome. We'll be chatting up about topics we love to talk about, all the things we as women must juggle every day and the issues we complain about. Who's listening? We'll chat about the struggle, the job, and about him. Mm. You know who we talking about. That boo, husband, boyfriend, ex, whatever you calling them today. Mm. Our lovely hellions. I mean, kids. Our angels. But seriously, friends, life happens, and we don't always get a chance to talk about it. We take it on the chin, and we keep it moving. Because that's what we were told to do. Yep. But here on Inspire Her, the Total Woman podcast with Red and Fee, we are the friends you love to hang out with. We are here to inspire her, the Total Woman. Yes. Hey, Red, how are you? Hey, Fee, I'm good. How are you? I am good and always excited when we have a guest. We love guests. We yes. definitely love our guests. Tonight, we have a guest. Her name is Ashley J. White, and she is known as the Healthy Love Coach. Mm-hmm. And we are excited to have her here because we need some healthy love in our life. Absolutely. <laughs> now, Ashley White is the founder of Dawn's Break Coaching, LLC, and motivational speaker whose personal mission is to help those struggling from heartbreak find a better relationship with love. After recovering from a difficult divorce and depression, she decided to be to others what she needed during her seven-year journey back to embracing love again. She dedicated her work to her faith in God, her mother, and her late therapist. Ashley believes that we all deserve the best of love. When not coaching or speaking, Ashley can be found raising her three amazing children, dancing like no one is watching, and planning her next adventure. Welcome, Ashley. Thank you so much. I'm glad to be here. We are happy to have you. And girl, we dance like nobody watching either. (laughs) (laughs) You've got to get that dance break in. I get them in at the light when I'm driving to work, coming home. Yes. Yes. (laughs) Looking at me like I'm crazy. But you know what? I don't care. Sometimes you just... You need that dance break. Exactly. That's the best way to do it. (laughs) Yes, ma'am. Yes, ma'am. Yes, ma'am. Well, we are definitely happy to have you. I want to tell our friends out there that I met her on um, uh, Kings Can Move On, Battle of the Sexes. And I said, you know what? She is speaking some good stuff. So we're going to bring her on over to inspire her and have her inspire our ladies and help us understand how to love again after divorce. And I'm listening in because I'm recently divorced uh, about uh, two years ago. So Ashley, help us understand what um, what your company or your business is all about. Tell us a little bit about yourself. Okay. Well, first and foremost, I'm a native Houstonian, um, as you mentioned, and when you uh, gave the intro there that I am a single mom of three amazing children. Mm-hmm. I'm a graduate of Tennessee State University, HBCUs in the house. All yeah. right, all uh, right. <laughs> uh, I'm a member of Delta Sigma Theta Sorority Incorporated. All right, Soror. Hey, Soror. 
Uh, I'm a lover of love, uh, music, sports, traveling, and uh, movies, and Jesus. Uh, I started my business, um, Don's Break Coaching, after going through a very difficult divorce, and as you mentioned, going through depression, and just a, 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 about a seven-year you know, battle going back and forth to a place where I could say I was healed and in a good place to start dating and feeling like I was, I had a healthy relationship with love. And after I got through that, I made a promise to God that if he would get me through that storm, that I would be to other people what I so desperately needed during my dark days um, after my marriage um, had ended. And that's, that's how Dawn's Break Coaching um, started. I started the business last November. And I have been coaching people through heartbreaks and divorces and just getting back into the dating world ever since. Um, it's been a wonderful experience so far. Uh, I enjoy helping people to get back on the other side after going through um, struggling through the difficulties of heartbreak. And, you know, when the love story ends, getting able to get back and see that love is still there in abundance and that it's something that we can all have. Awesome. So you talked about, and I heard you say the things that helped you and three key things were, of course, your faith in God, your mother, and your therapist, your late therapist. Um, what do you think is, and I'm a therapist too, so what is the difference between a life coach and a therapy, if you can tell our listeners that? Yes, that is a great question. Uh, that's a question that a lot of people have. The difference between Therapy versus coaching. I tell people if you have extensive trauma, um, things that you have gone through, let's say uh, physical abuse or serious depression, those are things that a life coach is not exactly equipped to handle. So for things that are deeper, that require a much deeper level of medical attention, I tell people to, to go to therapy for that. Coaching is when you're kind of coming out of the depression or out of the hardness of the situation and you, you're pretty emotionally healthy, you feel good. Coaching allows you to get a little bit more closer to the person than therapy will because, you know, of course there's laws and rules around what therapists can actually say um, in sessions and what they can reveal. A coach can get a little bit more hands-on in terms of guidance and telling personal experiences. Um, so if you want something that's a little bit more involved with the person that you're actually working with, that's why I would say coaching um, comes into play. And I tell people all the time to do both if you can. Um, do the therapy for the part that requires somebody that's actually going to school and knows how to diagnose certain things. And then you can have a coach to help you on those kind of daily things that maybe your, your therapist is not available to do then you could have the coach to kind of help you through things like that. So I think they both can work well together. I did both. I did about three to three to four years of intensive therapy. And then I've been doing coaching for about, about two years now. I've, I have a coach that I meet with once a week that I talk through things to as well. So I think they work well together. Um, I have people that I've, that I've come to, to me for, uh, for coaching that I have actually recommended go to therapy first and then come to see me. So that's, that's the difference there. Coaching can be a little bit more hands-on than therapists can be. 
Absolutely. Did you do any formal training to become a life coach? I know they do have seminars and um, training and classes that you can take to become a coach. Is that something mm-hmm. you did or you just went on your personal experiences and things like that? I, I did a little bit of both. Um, I I have about 20 plus years of project management and risk management experience through my job. So I've been taught how to analyze problems and come up with a solution for 20 plus years from the corporate standpoint. So I took my expertise in just diagnosing problems and figuring out how to map people to where they want to be from A to Z. Um, I just said, well, you know what, based upon my experience in the professional world, I can take that and use that for coaching based upon the experiences that I've had, what I've gone through. And I also do um, get advice and special kind of little little mini seminars with my coach that I use right now. Sometimes she'll tell me this is what to do and kind of give me guidance in that way. So I'm kind of like a three-part way. So I've got a little bit of a gumbo of experience there. Awesome. So if I came to you and I say, hey, Ashley, I am going through a separation, um, a pending divorce, what would be the first step that you would take with me? Like, how do you initiate the coaching? First, I'd like to find out where the person is emotionally, because that's where I can assess whether they need coaching or whether they need therapy. Mm -hmm. Um, And so first, that's my first step is just to do an overall assessment. I find out where they are emotionally. Um, I will find out uh, what's your relationship with love? What's your your history in terms of love? How did you grow up experiencing love? And finding out kind of if you're coming out of a marriage or you're considering getting a divorce, kind of where things are, what have you experienced? And then based upon your answers to those questions, then we can make a determination on where you are and what I think based upon what you're telling me is the best roadmap to get you where you want to be. Finding out, okay, is the issue, you know, you're just unhappy in the marriage or is it there's no more love there? Uh, Is it a point where I think based upon what you're telling me, there is a possibility where you can restore the marriage. I do believe and support marriage. So I'm never going to advise someone to get a divorce unless there is emotional, physical abuse, or I, based upon what they're telling me, there's, there's no way back to love in that situation. So just pretty much doing a, a, a workup of where are you emotionally, where do you want to go, and how do I think I can get you there based upon what you're, what you're telling me. Awesome. Now, when it comes to someone that may have trust issues maybe something mm. that has happened in their marriage and yeah they're they've 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 gone through counseling and therapy and may still be in it but still have that i don't know if i can fully trust somebody um mm-hmm. with my love or or uh, my heart what how do you help that person to 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 open up and um and, and this could be the woman that's like, oh, he's just saying that. He don't mean it. Or guys are always full of bull. You know, you can't believe what they say. <laughs> all that. Mm-hmm. I, I, I hear it all. You know? Yeah. yeah. And, and to be honest, um, I didn't I didn't have a bad breakup as far as my marriage. Okay. I think my ex-husband is a great man. Um, mm-hmm. 
but there are women out there that, that have that um that tr- that trust issue and it may not even be a trust issue with whether the man is going to cheat on them or not it may just be a trust issue with whether they can handle the household or mm-hmm. or can you take care of me you know can, are you willing to be there for me that kind of thing how do you how how do you help a woman get over that hump or even start to open up again mm-hmm. well the first thing i do is ask the questions of why are you not trusting and when you start digging deeper into that a lot of it is not trusting the other person it's actually trusting themselves again um when when we have breakups um a lot of times the most difficult thing is dealing with the disappointment in ourselves and saying oh you know maybe i didn't spot these red flags these were these were blind spots that i didn't see um you know and how can i do better the next time and it's just getting you back to a level where you trust yourself. And, and in trusting yourself, you have to get down to where the love is. A lot of that comes from you loving yourself. When you love yourself on a deep level, you're going to make better decisions for you. You're not gonna be worried a lot about what that other person is doing because essentially you can't control anybody. Nobody right. that you meet, no matter how much you love them, you cannot control what they do. All you can control is you. So when you love yourself, you have a better approach to marriage, to relationships, because you know, I love myself enough to set certain boundaries up that I know that are not going to be crossed. And if these boundaries are crossed, then I am, I feel confident enough in myself. I love myself enough. I trust myself enough to know that I can walk away when situations are not healthy for me. And a lot of it is just building that person's trust and love back up with themselves. When I did therapy, one of the biggest things I learned about myself was that I did not love myself enough. You know, I I was very confident when it came to my job and when it came to my relationship that I had with my girlfriends or even with my kids. I was I was the pillar of confidence. But when it came to love, that was that did not translate the same way. And what I found is I got to a point to where I was afraid of being abandoned. I was afraid of my my of my husband leaving me or cheating on me when at the end of the day, what's most important is how much I love myself, because if I love myself, there are certain things that I'm not going to allow. And so when I meet women that say, you know, I don't know if I can trust anybody else. And I'll say that's not the issue. The issue is you trusting yourself. Because when you trust yourself, it doesn't matter what the other person is going to do. Because you know, my eyes are open. I know what I want from love. And if this person is not feeling the boxes that I know I need to be in a loving and healthy relationship, then I have the strength to walk away. That's awesome. Um, One thing you talked about, the abandonment. How important is it you feel to resolve or work through some of those childhood traumas and issues growing up like the absentee father absentee mother growing up in an abusive family is it is to work on that prior to getting into a relationship who now i think it depends on how deep those issues are if you had some really bad suffering as a child that requires some extensive help that's when i would say you need to sit with a therapist you know and let's and work through those things 
before you enter into a relationship. But if there are things that, you know, aren't really deep, you didn't suffer anything, like nobody was locking you up in a closet or, you know, doing these awful things to you that, that are, are, are being traumatic now, then we can just deal with what are the fears and trust and love issues that you have to where we can rebuild that up. And I think that if you work with a coach and you're working with that at the same time, I think you can still be in a relationship as long as you're as long as you are working on that on a daily basis um i think in the healing process you're never going to get to a point where you're completely healed from anything i feel like healing is a journey um from from the moment you open your eyes to the moment you close your eyes you're going to be healing from something so i don't like for people to think that oh i have to be perfect or i have to have everything healed before i can entertain a loving relationship you can be healing and love at the same time. It just depends on where you are in terms of that journey. If, you, if you've been in coaching or, or therapy for a year or so and, and you feel that you're in a good place emotionally to be with someone else, I think you can, as long as you're very upfront with that person as well to let them know, look, I'm in therapy for this and, and letting them know and acknowledging that to that person that you're going to bring into your life just to give them the option because if they may say, you know, I, I prefer not to be with you while you're going through that, just to be open and honest and communicate with the person that you're uh, desiring to be in a loving relationship with, just to be upfront about it. But I think you can, I think you can do both. Yeah. Do you find that there are, you know, I kind of think I already know the answer to this, but do you find that there are more women than men that are willing to go through therapy and or um, coaching? Definitely more women, yes. But believe it or not, I've had quite a few males um, come to me for, for help. A lot of times they slide in my DMs and, you know, they'll they'll ask me a question or if I see somebody out, you know, at a social event, they'll come up to me and they'll say, oh, you know, something you said really helped me out. I think the stigma of that is is changing. And I think more men now are seeking therapy and seeking coaching. As I am back out in the dating world myself, I, I'm meeting a lot of guys on dates that are openly saying I'm in therapy. I just went on a date last night. And one of the things the guy said was that he's in therapy. So I'm very encouraged that that stigma is changing and a lot of men are now seeing the value of therapy and, and going and getting a coach, getting a therapist and, and getting to a point to where they can be healthier for themselves and their families and for future relationships. So I think it's changing, um, but definitely, yeah, way more women actually actively seeking uh, to be healed. But I think the, the men are getting it. They're coming along. So you say you have three children. How yes. difficult was it to go through this healing process and still parents and you be there for spiritually, everything? Oh, it was tough. Um, it was, was not easy because when my marriage ended, um, I had two kids in diapers. So it was tough. Um, but I had a, an amazing village to support me. My mom, um, my father, my brother, my sister, and uh, my kids, um, my, my kids' other grandmother 
and I had godparents too that kind of stepped in to support me and help me through it. But it was it was definitely definitely hard. Uh, there were many nights that I cried and you know was like, God, why is this happening to me? Um, so it it was not easy, but I did I was able to get through it with the support of my family, and I, I couldn't have done it without them. I know you said that um, you went through a very, um, I mean, you went through your marriage and, and you you were dealing with abandonment and depression. And how long, and I can't remember exactly how long you said, but how long was it before you were able to see clearly to start helping other people? go on that same journey that you went on? I got divorced in 2012. And honestly, I didn't feel like I was completely out of the fog and in a good place to to really like help people until about, I would say, mm, 2020, 2019, somewhere in that range was I, I I always say it was a seven year storm. So within seven years, by 2019, I felt like I was finally out of the storm and in a good place. And then once COVID came, uh, that's when, you know, we were all kind of isolated at home and thinking about things and the Lord kind of tapped me on my shoulder and said, hey, remember that promise you made to me that if you got through this storm that you would help people to get through uh, the same thing that you needed, you know, when you were going through your downtime. And after that, I said, okay. So COVID kind of pushed me into into this, into starting the business and to what I believe, you know, has been my purpose thus far. And that's just pushing healthy love and being there for people that feel like they don't have anyone to talk to, that, that there's no one out there that really understands what they've gone through. I know what it's like to, to be down. I know what it's like to be depressed. I know what it's like to feel like, you know, you're embarrassed and ashamed. And so I wanted to be there to be the hope for people that are down so they can see that you can get through this and you can come out better and stronger. That's great. That is wonderful. I commend you for that. Thank you. So how often do you find that the person who was the person that was left or the other person ended the relationship, however you want to put it, do they blame themselves? How often? Mm -hmm. Do you hear that a lot where a lot of the, the, the people who are seeking coaching, do they feel like they blame themselves for the demise of the relationship? Yes, I see that quite a bit. Um, a lot of, the, I would say the majority of people that I coach blame themselves. How do you um, do that? I help them through that by understanding again that you're not in control of things. Um, that's it's it's the beautiful thing about love and the difficult thing about love is that you cannot control it. You know, love is freedom, and people are going to come in your life sometimes for a season, a reason, or a lifetime, like they say. And sometimes people that are in your life are only going to be there for a certain amount of time. And you know, we'd like to to believe that. You know, relationships are going to go on forever and ever until death do us part. But sometimes it just doesn't work that way. And when it doesn't, you have to be okay to say, that's just the end of this love story. 
but that doesn't mean that you can't have another one. And, you know, this, this belief that everything has to be a fantasy and, and everything is going to be roses, I think has, has messed it up for a lot of people in their approach to marriage and their approach to relationship, because they're going to be ups and downs. And you have to be with someone that understands in the down times that that's not the time to run away. And I think a lot of us, when we get into relationships, we fail to ask the crucial questions. We fail to find out what's this, what's this person's experience of love? Were they raised on love or were they raised on sacrifice? Were they raised on suffering? You know, and so if you get with someone that doesn't understand what a healthy relationship looks like, when you come to the table with a healthy offering, that's going to look foreign to them. And although you're offering something that's really good to them, they're going to run away because they don't know what that looks like. If chaos is what they were raised with, for them, love should be chaotic. And when you come offering something that is not chaotic, that person is going to run because they don't understand what is happening. When I married my ex-husband, he used to always say my family was weird. Because we would get together on Sundays and it would be like that, epi- that, that scene in Soul Food where everybody's around the table eating and laughing and, you know, having a good time. He didn't grow up that way. Mm. So he would say, he would say, man, this is strange. And he would say stuff to me like, you talk to your mom all the time. Why, why do y'all talk all the time? And I'm like, that's my mom. That's my best friend. What do you mean? But he wasn't raised that way. He wasn't raised to see affection. He wasn't raised to see an environment where he was being affirmed. Um, he was not raised in an environment that made him accountable to his actions. So when we got married and I'm showing him a version of love that is healthy, to him, that was, that was abnormal. And when things got rocky in the marriage, he ran to be with something that was more chaotic because that's what he was taught love was supposed to look like. Wow, you said a mouthful right there. A lot of us experience that type of love and relationship. And, mm-hmm. you know, it's just important to dig deep. And, and you know, everybody don't show themselves in the beginning, mm-hmm. you know, that honeymoon phase. Mm-hmm. I mean, ask those questions and, and get the answers that you think you may want. Really, only time will tell. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, well, I tell I tell people you gotta you gotta stay with somebody until you can love them through four seasons. If you haven't loved them through at least four seasons, you probably don't know the person yet. Because we all we're all dating the representative in those in those first few months. You know, the real person comes out. You know, after after I would say at least a year. Sometimes some people can hold on longer than that, but. I tell people at least four seasons, four seasons. And then you have to look at how you guys argue. That's a big critical thing too. How do you all recover after an argument? You know, does this person shut down? You know, how, how do you all come back from that? That's a big, that's a big part of a relationship too. So yeah, you got to kind of stick with it long enough to see, but there are also critical questions that you can ask in the beginning phases of the relationship before you get to that part to know, is this person going to be able to have the capacity to love me in the way that I need to be loved? Well, give us those questions. Give our listeners those questions that you think we should be asking. Uh, When I go on a date, one of the first questions I want to ask is what's, 
the longest relationship you've been in? And one of the reasons I ask that question is just to see what's, what's their longevity. If they tell me they've never been in a relationship longer than six months, that lets me know you have no longevity. That lets me know that you run as at the quickest site of conflict or problems. So I know, you know, we're, we're not gonna, gonna make it. So that's one thing I ask. I ask, um, how, what, how was, how was their uh, childhood growing up? How did they experience love? What's their relationship like with their mother? What's their relationship like with their father? Um, I, and listen to those answers and see what they say. Um, I also find, uh, I ask, uh, do you have a mentor? Um, is there somebody in your life that you go to for advice? The reason why I ask that question is that that will let me know if you think you know everything, because none of us knows everything. So whatever we go through in life, you, there should be somebody in your life that holds you accountable for your actions. There's somebody that when you when you need advice that you go to. Uh, I find it troubling if I meet somebody and they have no mentors, nobody in their life that they go to for any type of um, advice or leadership. I also ask, um, you know, what do, how, how do they feel about infidelity? Um, I, I, I have a question and some people find it, you know, uh, uh, might be a little bit controversial, but when I go on a date with a guy, I'll ask him, do you believe that all men cheat? And if his answer is yes, then I have to believe that he's one of those all. Mm. Because it, because if you ask a man doesn't cheat, do all men cheat? His answer is going to say, well, of course not, because I don't. Absolutely. But if he says, <laughs> but if he says, oh yeah, I believe all men cheat, that's a red flag for me. Um, that's a get so up that's, and go. We, yeah, that's a get up right and go. Yeah, yeah, that's, <laughs> that's a check, please. Uh-huh. Yes, <laughs> uh, I also ask about, you know, what's their relationship like with money? Um, you know, how do they how do they handle money? Do they have a 401k? And it's, and this is not to ask where they are in terms of how much money they have in the bank. It's to see how they are responsible with the things that require them to live a life. You know, um, are you planning for your future financially? Because if I'm going to be with you, we're eventually going to have to merge how we move financially. So are you someone that is, you know, a, Pretty much, I, I blow money. I, I just, when I get money in the bank, I just go spend it and have a good time. You know, is that going to align with the life that I want? So that's, that's some of the things. And, and then I also ask, how do they feel about therapy? If there's someone that does not believe in therapy, that's a deal breaker for me. Um, I think, I believe therapy and coaching is just important as having a good barber, a good hairstylist, your eyelash person, your nail tech, <laughs> your mm-hmm. dentist. I believe your therapist and coaching should be just as important and crucial in our lives to have that. So if a guy tells me he doesn't believe in therapy or coaching, then that's a deal breaker for me as well. I ask, um, if, if, since, I, since I have children, I do ask, what's their relationship with kids? Do they like kids? Um, you know, how do they feel about that? I watch how they treat people while we're on the date. How do they treat the wait staff? You know, or are they rude? You know, um, I look at how their heart is. Are they generous? Those are things I look at as well. So these are, if you ask these questions early, you can weed out a lot of people. I make a joke and tell my girlfriends all the time, I can weed out crazy real easy. It only takes me about two conversations to weed out crazy. 
And if you if you ask these questions early enough in the dating phase, you can you can get rid of a lot of people and avoid a lot of drama beyond just asking what's your favorite color and what you like to do in your free time. You are still so, these questions. I'm glad I asked you to be a little specific with the questions because all of them were spot on. Like, <laughs> yes, yes, yes. Now, now, Ashley, do you find, because I'm sitting here thinking, happy love versus healthy love. Because I see people that's out there, they happy. They are um, traveling. They're, they're doing everything you name it they're looking happy mm-hmm. you know of course you got the you got the people who live for facebook and social mm-hmm. media and they're they're happy mm-hmm. on on the surface um but healthy you know is the is the love healthy is that mm-hmm. the kind of love that you need is that mm-hmm. you know do you do you help them coach them between the and you may not word it the same way I do, but I look at it as happy love versus healthy love. Happy love mm-hmm. may only last for a little while. Mm-hmm. Healthy love may have more longevity. Mm-hmm. And I wonder yeah. sometimes do do we even know the difference? Because once we're happy, we think, oh man, this is it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think I think a, a lot of people struggle with that. Um, which is why that's like my main mission to preach that is, is, is healthy love versus not just, that's why I don't just say I'm a love coach. I say I'm a healthy love coach because mm-hmm. healthy love, it's a lot of layers to that. You know, happiness is temporary. And I don't believe that you go to relationship looking for happiness. You have to be happy before you enter the relationship. Absolutely. If you think, yeah, you know, no, but no one. And, and I think it's unfair to put the the your happiness on the shoulders of somebody else outside of you it's an inside job and you you should never rush into a relationship or be in any relationship where a requirement for somebody to be with you is for them to make you happy that's not what relationship is about you know your happiness has to start within you they need to be happy as an individual and you need to be happy as an individual and then y'all come together and it's just happiness squared, <laughs> but you should not, neither of you should be depending on something outside of you to bring you happiness. Now, when we talk about healthy love, healthy love is knowing that I have the safe emotional and physical space to be with you. That means if I come to you in a vulnerable state, can I trust you in my openness and my vulnerability that you are safe for me to do that? Can I trust that the things that I tell you in confidence, they aren't leaving the room? Can I trust you that if I have a difficult day at work that I can come home and I can tell it to you and I know that you are listening and not rushing off to do something else? Do I know that if I can be broken in front of you that you're you're a safe space to pick up the pieces? That's what healthy love is. It's knowing that if I get a call from the doctor and the doctor says, Ashley, you have stage four cancer, that I know the safest place for me to tell that is you. And that I know that you're going to love me through sickness, through health, that you're going to be there. And as we get older, the things that we go through are going to get heavier and deeper. So the requirement of making that your love is healthy becomes even more crucial as we get older, because our bodies are going to start to break down. 
our parents are going to die. And that's a huge thing too. I tell people all the time, get into a relationship with someone that when you have to bury your mother and your father, the only people that you know can truly love you unconditionally in this world, that's the person you want standing next to you. Because once you put those two people in the ground, this is the person that has to stand in the gap. And if somebody had told me that before I got married, I probably would not have married my husband. Wow. Wow. That says a lot. That says a lot. And I, I'm taking notes. So if I'm slow to respond. <laughs> <laughs> if I'm slow to respond. This is really good stuff. And, you know, I'm a therapist, so you know, it's it's giving me a different way to look at things as well. You know, like you said, there there is more flexibility in a life coach and being able to share your own experiences. So there is a huge difference. So I'm really like learning a lot from what you're saying and how you're breaking it down. So I, I just think this is awesome. Thank you. Thank you. So, Ashley, one more question that I wanted to ask you. Do you believe, because we, we had an episode talking about the five love languages. Do you mm-hmm. believe in the five love languages? I do. I, I believe in them. Um, I believe it's just a start, though. Um, right. I don't believe it. I don't believe that that's everything. Um, I did, matter of fact, I, I, did a, I did a post today on my Instagram about um, love and then the experience. Because a lot of us, what we'll do is we will we will sit down, we'll make a list of everything that we want out of that person. You know, I want them to look like this, or I want them to have make this much money. I want them to be adventurous. I want you know, you'll say everything you want out of that person. But what we fail to really look at is the experience of love, and how do you want love to feel? Because see, the love languages. And everything that you want from the person in terms of character, that's the package. The experience is the ingredients. So sometimes you can find the right package, but not the right ingredients. And the ingredients is the experience. So you can meet somebody that can check off all the boxes, but they can't give you the experience of love that you actually need to be satisfied. So it's important that... And that was one of the things that we were talking about, me and Red, because we were saying that I, I had to sit back and realize that a lot of times I'm loving the person, I'm loving my partner the way I want to be loved. Mm-hmm. Now, if words of affirmation and physical touch is my love language, physical touch might not be his love language. Mm-hmm. and if he's not if he's not touching me or I'm feeling like I'm not being loved, but mm-hmm. a lot of times we have to look at it from their point of view as well as ours and understand each other's love language. Like you said earlier, everybody doesn't grow up with the physical touch, mm-hmm. the loving, the hugging, the kissing. Everybody doesn't grow up saying, hearing, Oh, you're so smart. You're so cute. You know, the words of affirmation. So they don't know mm-hmm. how to give it. And then you end up thinking, you don't love me mm-hmm. because he's not giving me the kind of love that I'm used to. Right. And that's what we, we figured that out. Like, we got to love people how they need to be loved. 
Mm-hmm. You know, maybe maybe running up to him as soon as he gets home and kissing all over him and all that is not what he needs. Maybe a, a warm bath and a and a nice cooked meal, acts of service is what he needs. You know, mm-hmm. I I think a lot of times we need to we need to think about that. That's why I asked you, do you do you believe in the the love languages? Yeah, I do, but I, and I also believe that we have to be realistic with what we can give. Because, like mm-hmm. for me, I'm my love languages are quality time and physical touch. So, if I'm dating someone that that's not their love language, it's gonna take a different level of effort for them to give me what I need. Right. And sometimes that person just doesn't have the capacity to give me that. And right. so if if they don't have the capacity to give me that, it doesn't mean that they're a bad person. It just means that's probably not my person, you know, unless they can, unless they're willing to change their love style, which is not an easy adjustment. Like for me, I don't know, I would have a difficult time dating someone who could not accept physical touch because not only is that the way I feel love, it's also the way that I express love. Like right. in my, my last relationship, the guy that I was dating was not very affectionate. And so he wasn't affectionate towards me. But then when I was affectionate towards him, that wasn't the way he wanted love. So it was very, it was a very difficult relationship because I couldn't feel the love from him, nor could I give love in the way that I'm naturally, you know, designed to give it. So you have to date figuring out okay if i meet somebody that can't give me my love languages is that somebody i need to entertain you know would i be mm-hmm. okay can i get can i get those things fulfilled other places maybe outside of the relationship you know or is this something that i should walk away from because i know for me if i can't have physical touch and quality time it's just not going to work for me and right. I, and if i date someone that has a love language that I'm not used to doing. Like I'm not a big gift giver, you know, that's not my thing. I give gifts on your birthday and, you know, Christmas. I'm not a gift giver all throughout the year. So if I were to date someone that was big on gift giving, that might be a difficult love style for me to adjust to. So you kind of have to be realistic with what you can accept and what you can also give. Correct. I agree. I agree with that. That's a different way of of looking at it as well. Love. And, then, and, and also, too, with the love languages, I, I, I tell people this, too. You have to make sure that you're not only practicing love languages in your relationship, but practicing love languages on yourself. Mm-hmm. You know, if like for me, it's physical touch and quality time. So I'm I'm getting massages, you know, I'm doing things to where I can have touch. I I am spending quality time with myself. You know. I, I put a post out there today. Don't forget to water yourself. Yes. Water your plants. Don't forget to water yourself. Yes. Give yourself some time. Take care of yourself because the first person, like you said, you have to make yourself happy and love yourself before you can do that with anybody else. Exactly. 
So Definitely. what's next for you? Do you do any public speaking or any seminars or groups or online groups or seminars? Do you do any public speaking? I do. I do public speaking. I do motivational speaking and I do, of course, coaching. Um, that's part of the business. So whenever I'm invited, I go and speak. I just did um, last week. I spoke at a virtual um, summit, a virtual healing summit for women that were struggling with the healing process that was uh, last Saturday, and that was great. It was two hours of teaching and coaching women um, through the healing process. So, so you can know, I pause you right there? Yes. What were, some of the, what were some of the key points that you gave? Um, my, key, my key points for healing was I talked about healing in the valley. And when we're going through difficult situations in our lives, how we can maintain through the valley. So my key point was to, number one, don't isolate yourself. Um, a lot of times when we're going through difficult situations, we have a tendency to close ourselves off from the world. You know, we think that nobody understands what we're going through and we don't share our pain. You know, as, as Black women, we are notorious for carrying burdens and not speaking. We will suffer in silence for, for years before we get help. So that number is so one, true. Yeah, we would do that all the time. So don't isolate yourself. My second point was to understand that valleys in our lives don't mean that you are a failure. A lot of times when we go through difficult situations, we think that that's failure. We think that that's a consequence of something that we did wrong. That's just a consequence of life. You, you, as long as you're living, you're gonna have something. Every, everything is not gonna go right, you know. And and to not think that difficult things are happening to you because you did something wrong. The valley does not mean failure. It's opportunity for a lesson. And just to 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 not think of it as a bad thing, but to change your mindset to what is this storm here to teach me? What is this storm preparing me for that, that could be coming down the line? And how can I use this situation to better me and not hurt me? And then I talked about uh, just, just staying close in community to God, to listening, to not disconnect from the source. A lot of times when we go through these difficult situations, that's where we have an opportunity to get closer to God. And the closer you get, the better you can hear his voice. And when you hear his voice, the better you can stay on your path to greatness. Um, you hear this statement that, you know, the greatest trick the devil ever played is that he doesn't exist. Well, I say, no, the greatest trick the devil ever plays is distraction. And if he can distract you, he can try to push you away from the blessings that God has for you. Everything that God has for us, no one can take that away from you. But the devil can come in and distract you from what God has for you. So we want to make sure that when we're in valleys, we don't lose our connection with God. Awesome. So how do you, how important is forgiveness in the healing process? Uh, forgiveness is huge. Um, and, and, and forgiveness, of course, is, is for you. It's not for the other person. Um, it's, it's freeing yourself of the obligation of something that went wrong. You know, it's it's taking the weight off. And you you just look back and you say, okay, look at where that person is and whatever actions that may have happened or occurred to hurt you. 
looking at it from a different perspective and just saying, you know, this person was loving me the way they understood love. And, and giving some grace in that situation and saying, you know, although we both came in with the same desires, the intentions, some kind of way got off. But if you look at the situation for what it is and find the lessons and the blessings in there, then you can find a way to forgive. And once you forgive, you can release because you can't heal until you forgive and release. Because if you hold on to that, the healing process will never conclude. It'll be, it'll be forever. You'll never fully heal. It's like, it's like taking, taking a wound and scratching it every day. You know, it's, it's, it's never going to heal if you're scratching the wound every day. One of my, one of my favorite uh, quotes is not forgiving somebody is like drinking the poison and expecting the other person to die. Mm. It's just not going to work that way. So you, in order for you to heal, you have to release that, and that release is for you. You said a mouthful right there because I, I went through that process myself, having to forgive somebody for a huge wrong that I felt like that they created in my life. Mm-hmm. And once I started the forgiving process, things started opening up to me to help mm-hmm. me understand why that person did the things that they did and i ended up feeling sorry for the person mm-hmm. like feeling like oh my god like mm-hmm. some of this stuff you they did because they they literally didn't didn't have any other example didn't know how to handle it didn't know mm-hmm. what to do yeah so yeah forgiving i had to learn that because i used to think I ain't going to forgive you. I mean, I ain't going to give you the benefit of my forgiveness. (laughs) No. But then I found out that that person is skipping down the road happy and enjoying themselves. And I'm sitting over here like, I hate you. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. So forgiveness, you're absolutely right. It frees you. And I Mm -hmm. I am free as a bird now. I don't don't have those those same issues so yeah you Mm -hmm. you are absolutely right about forgiveness that that is a huge lesson that you have to learn and and it's a lesson that we all need to learn quickly is Mm -hmm. to forgive and let go because you will be holding yourself in a cage exactly but actually you have been amazing this has been very um, enlightening and informative and and inspiring definitely i appreciate i appreciate you accepting the offer to come and talk with red and myself and our friends out there and inspire her um we we got some things cooking up in the future and i think i think she'll be a a good um a good person to call for some of these things we're not gonna let the cat out the bag yet but um we're cooking up some things in the future that we may call you to come okay. and help us with. Well, I I would love to be a part of it. Yes, we appreciate you. Inspire her. It's all about inspiring women out there. So any of the questions that you have, ladies that are listening, anything that you want to know about, we, we'll try to find a person to help us. If Red and I can't speak on it ourselves, we can't do the research to figure it out, we will go and find somebody to bring on here to help us 
talk about these things because the one thing that we want to do is to make sure that when it comes to love, you know how to start. You know what to look for. You know that you deserve love. Uh, we all do. Mm-hmm. Yes. Well, where, yes. Where can we find you, Ashley? Can you give us your social media addresses? Yes, on Instagram, I'm under Ashley J. White. On TikTok, I'm under Ashley J. White as well. And then my website is dawnsbreakcoaching.com. You can go on there and find out more about me, a little bit more of the background of my story. And if you'd like to schedule one-to-one coaching um, or a monthly mentorship, you can go to the website, click on a link, and you can set up a free 30 minutes call and we can talk and figure out if I can help you get back to healthy love. Awesome. Are you speaking anywhere anytime soon? No speaking engagements as of as of now, but something is always popping up and, and when it does, I, I do announce. Um I have a newsletter as well that I announce anything I have upcoming on my newsletter. If you go to uh, my website or my Instagram and my TikTok, uh, you, there's a link in there to where you can click on the link, the link tree and subscribe to my newsletter. So I announce happenings there every month. And of course I, I announce on my Instagram as well, things that I'm doing that's upcoming too. Okay, great. Well, if you have anything, forward it over to us and we'll share it with our ladies and, and men. We have men that listen to inspire her as well. So we are we are more than willing to share, and we truly appreciate you giving us this time. Thank you. It was I'm, it was an honor to be here. All right. Well, Red, do you have anything else that you want to ask? Any other questions? Red was fine. You know, she's a therapist. She was firing <laughs> off those those good thoughtful questions. Yeah, she has some good ones. <laughs> <laughs> No, I think you've been great. I, you know, I'm definitely going to follow you and, you know, support you as much as I can. So thank I you. Refer to you on some case. Oh, is there any cross lines or you can work with anybody in any states or anything like that? Anybody in any state. Okay. Well, I would definitely be referring some people to you. Okay. See? That's how you make connections. There we go. There we go. And you know, I'm I'm all about I'm very passionate about helping people back to to healthy love and and getting people um to a place where they can get out of a dark place, you know, cuz I I didn't know what it feels like to be in a situation where you feel like there's no way out, where you feel hopeless. Um you know, I I'm the daughter of a pastor, so of course going through a divorce in a very public setting was extremely difficult for me so i understand what that feels like it took me two years before i could even say the word divorce um so i know what that feels like i know what that burden what that heaviness feels like and so i am very passionate about helping people through the healing process both men and women because i feel that everybody out there deserves the best parts of love i agree with that i definitely agree with that well, thank you guys. Thank you, Ashley and, and Red, of course, for um, having another episode of Inspire Her. And those of you who are listening to us, if you have any questions for Ashley, want to get in touch with her, we are going to put her information out there on our page. You can DM us and we'll give you her information. I'm sure she would be more than happy to give you that 30-minute session for free 
to see if she she will be a good fit for you. All right, guys, we are going to say later. Peace out. We are here to inspire her. The total woman. Yeah.